This is a Soulfire production. We're back. We are back. And maybe I can keep my spirits high today. I don't know. I do not know, but we shall see. We'll see. This is just a reminder real quick. If you dig this show and like what's it about, what it's about, go head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. And if you want to get the full experience from this show and all the segments and clips and, and things that are the haps, the happening things on this show, go over to YouTube. So we get the full experience. Of course, the audio only is great. You know, I love the audio only experience. I'm with you. I know you can listen to it while you're in your car or whatever. But maybe, you know, you're sitting on the toilet, just hanging out, maybe taking a little longer than usual, and you want to scroll over to YouTube and just see what's going on, see the full effect. That's why the YouTube channel exists. And that's why I want you to head over there and subscribe. Turn on post notifications. Do all that fun stuff. Check it out. Do it. I hope you're staying safe out there. I hope you're doing what you can. We're going to get into some pretty some pretty heavy stuff today. A lot of police action. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about, a little bit about Trump's uh, photo op that required, you know, tear gassing and shooting rubber bullets at people because that was important. Um, and then we're going to get into, you know, something to think about. But first, for the first time, we're going to start off in the state of things with some good news. Some nice things, some some lighthearted, joyful experiences that I think will be a, something that's much needed right now. I know I need it. Shit, cried for the first time yesterday from the stress of all of this this madness and trying to do what I can, and actually ended up crying because I watched a teenage kid who was standing on a kind of grassy embankment in Austin, um, standing there just chilling. I think he was more or less just watching what was going on, uh, on the road below him. I watched him get shot in the face with a rubber bullet by a sniper in the town that I spent 10 years of my life living in and loving. This kid got shot in the fucking forehead. Lucky it was his forehead. It would have been his eye. It would have been a couple inches down. Um, probably would have died. Definitely would have lost his eye. A lot of people have lost eyes from these rubber bullets. Um, and the thing is, he just wasn't doing anything. I, he was standing there. And, of course, I didn't see what happened before this, but it didn't look like he had been doing anything. I just watched this kid plop to the ground, and uh, he is alive. He had emergency surgery. He's in a lot of pain. Uh, of course, you can imagine. If you, you think rubber bullets, I don't know what goes through your mind, but they're not chill. And they're actually meant to be shot into the ground to disperse crowds. Um, so you catch them on a ricochet, and they do cause some damage. That is not how I've seen them being used. And even being used against reporters and members of the press. And we're going to get into a little bit of that as well on the show. Um, something I saw that was just, it's just one of the many things. And that's the thing. This is like... It's just grabbing at straws here. Like there's so much, so much that can be shown and said, and I try and, and find stuff that's relevant, but it's moving fast. And I could sit here and talk, I could talk for six hours about, you know, the violence, the rioting, the looting, which I by no means condone. And I don't think there's a good reason for it. But I did hear something today. I was watching uh, Kyle Kalinske, and he had one hell of a line. He was talking about when you play good cop, bad cop, you generally negotiate with the good cop because that person can be reasoned with. And I think that's what we're seeing here in a lot of ways. Um, you know, over the COVID-19 situation and the protests there and, and people feeling like their civil, civil liberties were being infringed upon, all of that was just start, like kindling on the fire, Right. And then we watch another man get killed. 
needlessly and things boiled over. And I look at this and I think, you know, one, this was bound to happen. And two, it's very interesting how for certain people out in the world who were so pro-civil liberties, pro-First Amendment, protesting, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, all of this stuff. They were just like, freedom, 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 freedom. When the the tides turn and they don't fit their political agenda, it's, oh, we got to get the military involved. The military needs to come in and lay, lay down the fucking hammer. And I find that kind of fascinating. And that's, of course, mostly happening on the right. Um... But I'm looking at how this violence is beginning and how it's being handled. And I'm just not, of course, I don't want people looting, especially small businesses. They don't have the kind of insurance. They don't have the kind of backup plan that some of these bigger businesses do. And I, and I hate that. I hate that so much. But I look at these peaceful protests that we'll get into on the show. And the way that the police are meeting peaceful protests with violence oftentimes, I believe, manifests itself down the road when the sun goes down into rioting. And I think that there are certain people keep talking about, and Donald Trump is all under the fucking Antifa train again, right? the anti-fascist movement, which has also killed no one, by the way. Like The alt-right and right-wing activists have killed lots of people. And they're not a terrorist terrorist organization. Um, they're inherently racist, sexist, homophobic. Um, but they're not a terrorist organization. But the anti-fascists, who haven't killed anyone, are a ter- terrorist organization now. Uh, or is, Trump is trying to push that through. That's by no means going to get approved from what I understand. But that just says a lot about this fucking president that we have, what we're dealing with here. It's like these people, the, 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 it seems like the, the mission of Antifa is to meet hate crimes with action, not policy. And I can't say that that's the worst thing in the world. I'm sure that some of their methods are questionable. But I also think there's a handful of people out in these riots that are right-wing agitators. That theory has been floated around a lot, and it seems to make sense. They want to make these protesters look bad, and they take it among themselves. They break windows. They start looting. They start fires. They want this to look like a war zone because it fits their agenda to make everyone else look bad. And they can hide the crowd. So, it's interesting to me to see both sides of this thing. It's like, are there, and there's not really any structure to Antifa, so I don't understand, it doesn't have this this leadership and, and hierarchy necessarily. It's more of an idea um, that's been politicized. And the media has been talking about it, and it always makes me think whenever media the media starts talking about something that seems to be relatively unheard of or, or not in the, in the popular zeitgeist, that how much of it existed before the media started talking about it or did the media create it in order to have something to talk about? Make no mistake. The media is going to create problems that they then have the potential to report on. That's not a new thing. That's a, that's something that's been going on for a long ass time. And then I look at all of this in the way that violence has seemed to, to, been paramount in many of these peaceful peaceful protests from the side of the government, from the side of the police. And then you have Donald Trump tweeting, tweeting away, of course, sleeping in a bunker, but tweeting away nonetheless about when the, when, you know, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, we'll take care of this. We've got to meet them with force and all this other shit. And there's enough stuff there that I could, against it would be to even get into that in depth in this show would take forever. But he's inciting violence like that's plain and simple. Like he, as a leader, you could ask people to chill the fuck out. You can say, Hey, I understand where you're coming from. I think the protesters and even the rioters in some cases have the best of intentions. And of course there are going to be certain people 
that capitalize on chaos to commit crimes, to steal things. Of course, that's going to happen. Okay. But that's not the majority of people. And he, as a leader, you would think that he would say, Hey, cops, national guard, whoever the fuck's out there, right? You guys need to have a lot of restraint and conduct yourself appropriately and protesters do the same. Control the wild ones in your bunch. That should be his messaging. Not let's meet violence with violence. That doesn't work. How many times How many times has a show of force really helped? You know, I just watched that Netflix show, uh, Waco, and I've done a little bit more research and listened to a few podcasts about how that all went down. And if you weren't around in 1993 and you don't know what happened with Dave Koresh and the Waco situation, when you're trying to negotiate and get something done, a show of force does not show does not really exude trust. Okay, this is a trust piece. If you were a leader, which Donald Trump is not a leader, he's a fucking clown, but if you were a leader, what you would do is take action to remedy the situation. You would instead of showing force, you would show progress. That's leadership. Now, Joe Biden hasn't done himself any favors here either, but it's interesting to see how that's his go-to. He loves violence. I really think he does. I think it confirms a lot of things that he believes about certain types of people in this country. And it doesn't surprise me at all. But I do want to give a shout-out to Kyle Kalinske over at Secular Talk. Find him on YouTube as well. Really, really good stuff. And that good cop, bad cop analogy was so solid. But with all that, let's get into the state of things. All right, as promised. Let's look at some cops exhibiting leadership right now. I get two videos for you. I, I, I really appreciated these guys, and they're both from The Guardian, so shouts to The Guardian for putting out some news that is not so scary, right? Like it, what we're seeing, what we, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. We're seeing a lot of, a lot of stuff out there that is very much rioting, rioting, looting, rioting, rioting, which has become the, the, the story and is, is taken away from the 99% of people who are peaceful protesters. So let's hear what's going on here. This is in Flint, Michigan, and this is the sheriff. The only reason we're here is to make sure that you got a voice. That's it. There we go. that he represents who these cops are from all over the county and yeah, around the son. station. We go out there to help people, not do that nonsense. Love this guy. Where's, where's my man? Right there. Where's the where's the gentleman? Oh, I think he took off. Okay. Yeah, my man. He took off. Patrick Hawkins, see, I'm just going to tell you. We want to be with you all for real. So <laughs> I took my helmet off and laid the batons down. I want to make this a parade, not a protest. Mm. So listen, I'm just telling you, these cops love you. That cop over there hugs people. So you tell us what you need to do. Man, I like that. I like that a lot. That's feel-good stuff right there. Makes your heart warm a little bit. And that's Flint, Michigan, man. Flint, Michigan has been through so much. So much. It's been in the news over the past handful of years. So much. And they've had such a hard time. So it's it's really nice to see to see them coming together. Now, this is a Houston police chief in my home state of Texas. And what I love about this man and this man this man, what I love about this city... 
is that they want people of color to be talked about as being thugs and we're bums and, and, and my people for, as an immigrant were rapists. Hmm. We, we know what? We built this country. Bring that hype, hey, son. Your heart for people of color, get over it. Get them. Because this city is a minority majority city. And this city is a city where blacks and whites and browns and legal and illegal all get together because we judge each other by the content of our hearts. So I am angry. I'm angry. I may not be black. But I'm God's child. Yeah. I saw that man calling out for his mama. I thought about my mama. What I kept thinking is, he must be seeing her already in the studio. Yes, he was transitioning. They're not letting yes. her Yes. So I'm going to tell you, we will march as a department with everybody in this community. I will march until I can't stand no more. But I will not, like my truth said, I will not allow anyone to tear down this city. Amen. Because this is our city. We don't have to Oh, God damn, I love that shit. That's so good. So good, man. I love seeing that. And we're going to get into some stuff later on that it's not so lovey-dovey and is not so, oh, so hype. But, man, that Houston Police Chiefs just brings the juice, son. God, he needs to get some hype-up talks before football games in Texas whenever that comes back around again. Oh, love seeing that. That's leadership. That's leadership. Let's have a movement here. Let's have our voices be heard. Let's represent something here, but we don't need to burn this motherfucker down. That is the message. That's the message from the leaders that I've heard speak out. Not, let's use more force. That is cowardice. That's not leadership. Now, you're going to get into uh, that. That's, that's the feel good stuff. And that's where the feel good stuff ends. I do want to let you know that there has been a new independent autopsy, a new independent autopsy. Cause the original autopsy, as we brought up last, the original report, the official report said that George Floyd died uh, from a combination of preexisting conditions and possibly any intoxicants in his system. So they even somebody said it was an overdose. Uh, one mayor actually said that the blood of uh, George Floyd's blood is on the protesters' hands as much as the police officers. He was very proud of that, and he subsequently got absolutely fucking roasted on the internet. Um, but the uh, they had an independent autopsy done. Now, I don't know this fellow's name, but he is reading the report here to a community. I'm assuming it's 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 George Floyd's family and 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 friends and community there, um, but I want you to listen to what he has to say as far as the independent autopsy and what the independent autopsy shows. The autopsy shows that Mr. Floyd had no underlying medical problem that caused or contributed to his death. This is confirmed by information provided to uh, Dr. Wilson and myself uh, from the family. He was in good health. The compressive pressure uh, of the neck and back are not seen at autopsy because the pressure has been re released by the time the body comes to the medical examiner's office. It can only be seen uh, serious compressive pressure on the neck and, and uh, back can only be seen while the pressure is being applied or when, as in this instance, it is captured on video. The cause of death, in my opinion, is asphyxia due to compression of the neck, which, as Mr. Um, Crump indicated, can uh, interfere with blood flow and oxygen going to the brain and compression of the back, which interferes with breathing. When he said, I can't breathe, unfortunately, 
Many police are under the impression if you can talk, that means you're breathing. That is not true. I am talking and talking and talking and not breathing in front of you. So the the concept that a person says, I can't breathe, like Mr. Garner, like in this instance, uh, means you should take it seriously. Yeah, and I like how he brings around to Eric Gardner, which was an eerily similar situation. An eerily similar situation. So that's that's the news there. Um, they're even calling it, going as far as calling it homicide by asphyxiation. So that's the independent autopsy report, which is which gives some hope because watching that video, there's no thought that he this guy had a fucking heart attack. And if he did have a heart attack, it was brought on by lack of oxygen uh, and being restrained in that way by a bunch of fucking cowards. So there is that. But here's something. <laughs> here's something we're going to have some fun with. Make sure my volume is right here because I want you to hear what friend of the show, Charlie Kirk, has to say. Um, so Charlie Kirk is a right wing, right wing commentator. He's been on. I've brought him. I've brought his audio onto the show. He's not been on the show, but I'd love to have him on the show. If, if Charlie, if you end up seeing this uh, and you're interested in, in being on the show, uh, let's set that up because I would like to see you talk to somebody who's not um, a college student and just beat up on them uh, and not a group of people that already agree with you. Because it's really fun to talk about how uh, white privilege isn't a thing when you're talking to a room full of fucking white people. This this guy is the king of straw man arguments. And you'll see it several times here. I'll point out exactly what he's doing and how he's doing it. And how he's minimizing this issue. And how he has a lens on his view of the world that doesn't really allow for other people's experience, emotions, anything like that to seep in. We wouldn't, we wouldn't want that. We wouldn't want to have empathy in our in our in our view of the world at all. We're just going to talk about strictly data, as if that's the only thing. Because what's fun about data? And here's these people who stroke themselves off for using data. They love that. Oh, data, science, data. Him and Ben Shapiro are so good at this. Even though neither one of them had a real fucking life outside of being mama's boys, is just their willingness to act like their data is representative of the entire population and act with they're not cherry picking their data using confirmation bias to reinforce things they already believe. And data has never changed their narrative. Data has never changed their mind. They find data, they cherry pick data to then infuse into their arguments that already exist. So their eyes aren't open to objectivity. They may make you believe that because they're very intellectually sound, but it doesn't really work in this case. So he posted an IGTV, IGTV and I, I'm going to have a hard time not stopping this, but I'm, so I'm going to have to a little bit, but we'll try and I'll do a try and minimize it. Um, and I might get heated. Let's get into it. So I've been watching our country burn the last couple days. And now I'm flipping through social media and I am seeing people that I grew up with in suburban Chicago post the Black Lives Matter blackout social media posts. And then I go and I see their other commentary and they say, war on police, the police are racist. Completely false, by the way. No data, no statistics. Okay, first off, see what he's doing here. And I got to break this down. I want I want you to see what he's doing here. He's taking the Black Lives Matter, Black Square, muting yourself, not posting your skinny T Instagram shit or your ass photos at this time, which is very appropriate, and people being supportive of the movement. And then he infuses, all oh, police are bad. People are saying that police are racist. Da, da, da. He's, he's, he's taking, this is a straw man argument. It's classic straw manning. He's taking a movement which 99.9% .9 of people who are doing that are just trying to be in solidarity, show concern, be supportive. And then he's adding something into it, which minimizes it, so then he can attack it. He's not actually attacking the movement. He's not actually attacking most, the, mo the majority of the people who are doing what he's saying that people are doing. He's finding a niche in there that he can belittle, which is classic. It's, it's classic mainstream media. Like This guy's a fucking clown. But this is 100% this is a straw man argument. And then he's arguing against the 0.01% that he thinks are representative of the entire population. It's a joke. Let's continue. And you, like me, where I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, have been protected by police our entire life. Of course you have. If you heard, if you heard a creak in the attic, you would call the police in an instant to try to help you. 
And people say, well, the police are killing unarmed black men at wreck. Okay, therein lies the fucking problem, dude. If you hear a creak in the attic in your suburban Chicago neighborhood, the cops would come and they would be there for you. And they wouldn't assume that you were robbing the house, that you were stealing something, that your house was full of drugs. You didn't have any fear of calling the police. Fucking idiot. Continue. Rates. This is a lie, even according to the Washington Post, with a very questionable definition of unarmed black men. Eight unarmed black men died by police officers last year. Eight. Do you know how many police officers were killed in the line of duty last year? Well over 50. Do you know that black men account for 6% of the U.S. population? yet account for 42% of all police deaths. So there are 42% of all cop killers are black men, despite them being only 6% of the US population. But people say, well, Charlie, don't you know there's a systemic racism oh, in our damn. country? Stop it. Stop this lie that we're not- You fucking jackass. You think, Okay, you, you you start you start the statistics and the data where you want to start them to confirm your beliefs. You naive fuck. Yes, those those stats may be true. But let's ask ourselves, why why were those people in the position to shoot cops? Why is there a disproportionate amount of people that are of color in crime? Where does that start? I don't know, in their shitty fucking school systems. Maybe that's a start somewhere. Maybe that maybe underfunded teachers and un, or underpaid teachers and underfunded schools play a part in that, you fucking arrogant prick. But you would never know that. You would never consider that. You would never consider what you would do if your fucking parents were junkies. You would never know what to do if your mom had six fucking kids and couldn't take care of everybody. Of course you would do something fucking illegal. That you think you had good parents. You went to college. Maybe you didn't even pay for that shit. And you're going to sit here and tell me there isn't systemic racism in this country? You start the data points where you need to start them to, to reinforce your already existing belief. It's fucking bullshit. It's cowardly. It's unjust. And it's misleading. This guy's a fucking joke. Look at where it starts. It's systemic. It goes further back. Jesus Christ. If you want to look at data, look at fucking history, dude. More than the group identity that the media tells us that we are. You're an individual. You are you the media. You can wake up earlier. You can make better choices. You can succeed. Don't subscribe to this leftist nonsense. You can get up earlier. You can make better choices. You can succeed. What the fuck are you talking about? It's so clear to me. This guy has never been around poverty. He's never been around people that were disenfranchised. He's never been around people who didn't have a fucking shot. You started on the 20-yard line, and you want to judge the people that started past the fucking end zone. Really, dude. Really, that's the way you're going to handle this. That's the way you're handling this right now. By judging people for not waking up early enough. You've never seen manual labor workers. You've never worked next to fucking Mexicans on a fucking construction site. I have. I know what those people are like. They're kind, good, hardworking people. And you're going to fucking judge anybody else for not having a fucking shake. Really, dude. Really. The playing ground is level. Oh my God, I forgot the playing ground is fucking level in this world. Give me a fucking break. You want to have a fucking conversation about this shit? Have a conversation with me. I know the difference. I was raised by a man who got a seventh grade education because my parents are fucking addicts. They were fucking addicts, dude. And you're going to sit here and say it's all fucking fair from your fucking suburban place in, in Chicago? Give me a fucking break. Give me a fucking break. That is captivating and hypnotizing our country. People say, well, the rioters and the looters and the protesters, they have a good cause. There's never a good cause to burn down our country. There's never a good cause 
to destroy black businesses? Of course there's not. And I like how you focus on the black businesses, by the way, to make yourself seem compassionate. Of course there's not. Nobody's saying there is. But there is a system that needs to be burnt to the fucking ground. There's a system that is a fucking problem. And if you're too arrogant and close-minded to see that, you have no right to fucking speak up. And guess what? All you virtue-signaling suburban followers and sycophants that I grew up with, I know you and I see you, and you're virtue-signaling to the world about how good of a person that you are. Oh, I'm a good person. Look at me. I'm such a good person because I'm posting Black Lives Matter despite none of the data statistics backing up anything that you're saying. Was George Floyd wrongly killed? Yes. Is it a trend? No. In fact, we saw four police officers shot last night that we know of. And if you really cared about black lives, if you really cared about helping black Americans, you would want more police officers in the streets because you know what's going to happen right now? You overly privileged individuals that think you actually care about black lives because you post your all black squares on social media. Do you know what's going to happen? The Ferguson effect is going to happen. Heather McDonald talks about this brilliantly. The police are going to withdraw from these communities. Crime rates are going to go up and more black people are going to die because of your social justice, virtue signaling, protesting, trying because I want to make the world a better place. Don't you understand that this is an this is a epidemic? This is the worst. It's not. Do you know what the epidemic is? Police officers being gunned down in the streets. Fact. A police officer is 18 and a half times more likely to be killed by a black person than an unarmed black person is to be killed by the police. But that doesn't fit your narrative, does it? The narrative is to try to divide our country. The narrative is to try to turn people against each other. The narrative is to try to get... That's what the guy that you write books about, Donald J. Trump, gets off on at night. Donald Trump gets off on dividing this country. Donald Trump has done not one fucking thing to unify this country. He villainizes the left every time he gets a chance. He doesn't want to see anybody else's side. Neither do you. Here's the difference between me and you, motherfucker. I have a way of trying to see your side. I really do. I have a hard time with it. I struggle with it. And I say it on this show every fucking episode. I try to see your side. I have people in my family that agree with people like you and I love them and I try to see their side, try to understand where they're coming from. That's how you heal divides in this country, not by calling out and judging someone else because that creates defensiveness and defensiveness only perpetuates more divides. If I have one fucking passion in this world, it is healing a divided community, divided country. That's why I do this, but you do it so you can get fucking attention and you can get, you know, Tommy Loren to fucking retweet you. Think about why you're doing this and think about who you're talking to because you don't reach across anybody else. You don't reach over to the left and bring people into the fold. You don't make people understand where you're coming from. You don't speak with compassion. You're not even charismatic. You just say things people want to believe and then feel good about yourself because you've cherry-picked some fucking data to back it up. Really. But you won't debate people that are actually equipped equipped to debate you. Fucking coward. That grew up in upper-middle-class incomes to feel wrong because they exist. And if I hear one more person say, well, Charlie, you're white. You can't comment on this. If you're a human being, you can comment on this data, statistics, these things transcend skin color. This stuff, it doesn't matter if you're black, if you're Hispanic or you're Asian. These numbers don't change based on who's talking about them. I care about all Americans. All lives matter. The numbers very much do, do very much change, but depending on who's talking about them, because when you pick the ones that already confirm what you believe, then you're only going to get deeper into your own bullshit. And if you think this is about, if you think this is only about unarmed black men being killed by police, you are missing so much of this picture. And again, whittling it down, creating a straw man argument, 
using data that he has to support his narrative and then criticizing the other side for doing the same thing. You're a hypocrite, first of all. And then looking at this and thinking, this is much bigger than just men dying. This is much bigger than any of that. This is about how people, disenfranchised people, are treated generally by the police. Now, you may have lived a life where you had preferential treatment from the police the entirety of it, so you wouldn't really understand, and you don't really seem to want to understand. But this is bigger than George Floyd. This is bigger than just people who have been killed by the police. He was the straw that broke the camel's back on a system that everybody was fucking fed up with. You're a human being. You can comment on this. Data, statistics, these things transcend skin color. This stuff, it doesn't matter if you're black, if you're Hispanic or you're Asian. These numbers don't change based on who's talking about them. I care about all Americans. All lives no, you matter. you don't. This is a ploy to divide our country. My real You're a complaint fucking puppet to the, the people country. that have benefited from police protection their entire life that sit in their suburban communities, pristine and protected from all crime, are now the ones that are putting their hands up and saying, we're right with you. War on police. You wouldn't last a nanosecond if the police withdrew from your community. Support facts, support, support data support our country and support our police. You're not a good person just because you tell the world that you are a good person. You know, Charlie Kirk, I don't think you're a good person because you don't seem to give a fuck about anybody, but those on your fucking team and yourself. That's it. You don't care about the decisions that the government makes that disproportionately affect black communities and poor communities. That is right over your head. It's the land of freedom and liberty. You're fucking full of shit, dude. I would love to have a conversation with you. Would love it. However, I don't see that happening. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, well. Oh, man. That took it out of me. That took it out. Let me get a drink real quick. Whew. Hope you got a little fired up. I'm not quite that uh, sheriff in Houston, but... Sometimes I can put a, put a few words together, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, let's look at just a little quick thing here. Again, from The Guardian. I, I guess I went down The Guardian rabbit hole. Um, so President Trump decided that he was going to walk walk across the street from the White House and take a casual stroll and, and get a photo op in front of a church holding a Bible. Yeah. Um but there was just happened to be all these people in the way. There were just so many people out there protesting, you know, him. So what do you do? What do you do when there's a, a, a crowd of people in between where you're at and where you need to go take your Instagram photo? <sighs> well, if you're Donald Trump, you shoot him with tear gas and rubber bullets till they get out of the way and then charge them with your, you know, police force. So let's check this out. The crowd of people getting fired on by flashbangs, tear gas. And here comes the president walking down the street. You are a douchebag. Man, that place looks rough. Mr. President, your thoughts right now? All right, let's go to the church. Let's go get a picture. I don't understand what this is helping. I don't understand how this is, is, is solving any problems. I don't understand how this is a good use of time. 
Bible. It's a Bible. We have a great country. That's my thoughts. Greatest country. No thanks to you. We have a great country. We do have a great country here, which has been uh, systematically and consistently belittled by the commander in chief. And the last thing I want to get into here, and I'm going to do my best. Jordan Yule created, he, he put out, he's on Twitter, verified, you know, one of those guys. Um, he put out a call for, hey, hey, send me any, any videos you have of police using excessive force. And he got thousands. And I've seen, I think I've probably watched thousands by this point, but he made a little montage. This is going to be the last, last piece of the state of things here. But let's check out this, this montage from Jordan. So go check him out on Instagram. It's Jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N-U-H-L. Worth a follow. Oh, just people getting the shit kicked out of them by a group of cops. Just one person. No two. Okay. Let's beat them with batons. Great. This is what we need. This is helpful. Oh, let's kick a woman over that's sitting on the ground. Fantastic. Oh, let's just run people over with our car. This is really helpful. This is this is this is the way to, to just minimize the violence. Oh, wow, the press. Flashbangs. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's good. Let's beat the shit out of somebody else. All right. All right, let's charge into a crowd of peaceful protesters here. They weren't doing anything. They were just standing there. Oh, let's kick that guy real quick. Let's hit this guy with a baton. Fantastic. Oh, that's necessary. Wow. Walk it down the street. Then what? Okay. What the hell? Just grab this guy who's walking, drag him. Fantastic. This is just this is just lovely. Oh, let's just mace people in the face who are standing there. Okay, tackle them to the ground. Oh, let's make it rain. Yeah, there you go, buddy. This is helping the whole situation so much. Wow. I just, just watching people get their shit kicked out of them is, is not what I thought I'd be doing today. You would ask me a week ago. All right, she's kneeling. Let's push her down. Okay. All right, yeah. And that's that. That's a that's a snapshot of what's going on right now because of police brutality. So self-fulfilling prophecy, I guess. Police brutality just um creates more police brutality. Growing like a weed. This is this is this is the thing. We've militarized the police so much. We've militarized. We this is the shit that's been going on in other countries that Americans have been doing in other countries, American soldiers in other countries, for so long. Now I love the military, and we need a strong military. I'm not anti-military by any means, but I am anti-beating the fuck out of innocent people. I'm as I'm more anti that than I am burning down a fucking target. If I had to, if I had to power rank, what I'm against. So it all came back here. Now, one thing that's funny is that we didn't have enough PPE or tests for COVID-19. But we have plenty of money to treat local police like they're the goddamn fucking SEAL Team 6. Like they are suited up and militarized without the training that the military gets. That's the problem. You dress somebody up, you put them in a vest, you give them a, a gun, you give them a bunch of fucking weapons, and you expect them to know what the fuck to do with them when they get eight, eight weeks of training. Now, that's the difference in the military and the police. The, mili- the military is actually trained. And to some point can be held more accountable, and there's more responsibility that needs to be taken so you don't see this shit as often in the same way. We've 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 militarized the police to a point where this is this is the norm. 
And it's weird to see how this will shake out. It's weird to see. I have to say, if I saw something like this going down, I'd probably get myself arrested. Because I, I would have to get right in the fucking middle of it. I can't. I, I have a hard time watching this shit. <sighs> Make sure to head over to YouTube so you can see this stuff and follow Jordan on Instagram or on, uh, excuse me, on Twitter, on the Twitter machine. Now, let's move on. I'm gonna give you something to think about. I really want, you know, I assume that a lot of people that listen to this show come here for my other shows or other things I've done um, and resonate with what I'm doing. And the funny thing is this show was really created to, I mean, just, just really bring some information, of course, uh, some objectivity criticism of, of the left and the right um, and some lightheartedness to this whole political situation. Um, some levity, some humor. Now that's not where we're going right now. and That's okay. But I want you to think about, you know, depending on where you came from and this may be a bigger reach for some than others. And some may not have to think about it very hard because it's just their reality. And I understand that. But what's your relationship would be like with the police if you didn't trust them, and I don't trust the cops. I haven't ever trusted cops. I haven't trusted cops since I was a kid. Coming from a small town in Texas where these, these guys are on a power trip and love picking on 16, 17, 18-year-old kids, um, like they got off on it. So I, I, I had a, early on, I had a pretty solid distrust of police officers from the jump. Um, and that being said, I know guys who were cops, and I know I have, I have, I have friends that are cops, and and. I met cops. I got pulled over just a couple weeks ago, and it was—he was a super awesome guy. He was really, really solid dude. Like I would, I would probably hang out with him. And that happens. But generally speaking, I don't trust a cop anymore than I trust anybody else. And sometimes, you know, I don't trust this cop anymore than I trust anybody else carrying a gun. That's for damn sure. And I thought about that one time after I'd watched uh, the show The Wire. Which, if you haven't watched that, it's a great time to watch that. Go find that on HBO. I think it's from like two thousand four, five, six, something like that. Fantastic show, though. One of the best. And um, had me thinking like these cops that would get us for our window tent or not wearing a seatbelt or going four miles over the speed limit or not using a blinker. Like those guys that would do that uh, when we were kids in my hometown. What, a li- what if I lived in a place where I had that a deeper distrust of cops and had had bad experience with them, had been profiled, had been searched unjustly, had been pushed up against a wall, had my friends be arrested for bullshit, um, maybe had somebody killed at some point. And was in the same situation, right? And it's a, it's a weird thing to, to try and think about, but really at the end of the day, it was like, what if I grew up in a neighborhood where I was a black guy and this was my reality and I had cops always looking out for me? How would I behave? What would that do? What would that do to my psyche? How would I perceive this differently? Because for me, you know, being where I came from, being who I am, if I got a seatbelt ticket, it was a pain in the ass. I had to go work a couple weekends, make a couple hundred bucks, pay the thing, whatever. Hope my insurance didn't go up. All that. But what if the consequences were different? I never really thought my car was going to get searched. There wasn't anything in there to find. And even if I had a gun in my car, who cares? No one gave a shit. Which I did a lot of the time back then. Um, but they weren't always looking for some reason to arrest us. They were meeting their quota, giving us tickets. What if the consequences were different? What if it was boom, once you're arrested with something, you're in the system and then you don't have money to pay that ticket. So you got to do something else. And that takes your time. That's time. Maybe it's, maybe it's just community service for 60, 70 hours. Well, that's time you're not working. Well, then you don't have money. Then what do you got to do? What do you, how are you going to pay your bills? What are you gonna, what, how, what's going on? Maybe you got to take care of your kids. You don't have fucking time. You end up in the system. It's a, it's a systemic issue. That's systemic racism. 
right? I've been bullied by the cops, but I haven't been bullied by the cops with the same with the same consequences. So my challenge for you, my thing for you to think about is what are the consequences for interactions with the police were different for you? Now, I know you maybe already have gotten that, gotten, gone that direction, but maybe you've stepped back and just been like, you know what? I'm going to give it a blanket like I'm concerned, I care, I'm going to post my, my black square on Instagram and, and, and mute myself and all that stuff and go to a protest. I get all that or just show your support whatever way you can. But this is a personal thing. What if the consequences were different for you? How would that shape your reality? How would that shape your experience? Something to think about for sure. Guys, I thank y'all so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Hope all y'all stay safe out there. Do something with yourself. Show some love. Show some compassion. And as always... Keep your head on straight. We'll see you next time.